Here we go again, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Coach's Box. Thank you for stepping in with us today. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Murph, Coach Pace, and Coach Jay. Welcome to the show, fellas. How, how has your week's been? Everybody treating you all right? Oh, yeah. 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 Good. I'm making it through, man. It was a tough betting week outside of that. Everything. Thing was pretty smooth, man. I got a lot on my plate right now, but we're gonna be all right. We'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those weeks, one of those weeks. But hey, it's Friday. We all good to go. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're gonna start okay. off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we got a lot going on. A great weekend uh of sports for those who watch, you know, going into the game. So we're gonna talk about all of that and give you a preview of what we're thinking about for this weekend. But first, you know, we got to start with the hot seat. And the more and more this season progresses, the seats are getting hotter and hotter. The more stuff comes out there, the more we just shake our heads like, what is going on? Coach Pace, who is on your hot seat for this week? All righty. Well, I don't got too many people, you know. But I do have a, a almost like a, you know what? Everybody knows him. And I do have one player. But so we're going to start out with Stephen A. Smith. He's uh -oh. been on my radar for a minute. Uh, that, 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 just wait. <laughs> Stephen A, Stephen A, Stephen A. My issue with him as of lately, okay, I found out what happened with Max Kellerman. Now, I feel like Max Kellerman was the voice of reason on that show. Mm. Okay. And I, feel, I just felt like that's been bothering me for a minute. Um, just because I feel like at this point on ESPN, he has way too much power. Mm. And I think, I personally think he was a little, he was getting a little, you know, antsy because Max was low-key turning into the better comment, um, debater, if we being honest here, because Stephen A would honestly go around in circles and basically filibuster a point, which he's been doing for about a couple years now. He wasn't doing it at first, but as the show went on, and I feel like people started to gravitate towards Max a little bit more. He started to talk and talk and talk and Philly busted points. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm really looking at him a little iffy right now. But that's neither here nor there. The player I got to look at this week, and I know James is one of your teams, actually. Oh, it's God. Uh-uh. <laughs> Big Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, roasting, roasting. I don't Somebody even care. Somebody got to do something with Buddy. Okay, he still, first of all, he's still at $45 million from the Steelers. Okay, he can't push the ball downfield. He's not mobile. Okay, he walks around with a beer belly all day. I mean, what, I I just, he's not, he ain't been it for me for the last, like, two years. Two, Because I think in 2018, he threw for about 5000 did all right, but ever since then, I ain't been feeling buddy. And it's an APB out for him right now because Najee doing his thing, and you know, the receivers is doing their thing, but I just feel like they are missing a piece or two. And it's probably a couple linemen, but it's also that quarterback piece because he's low key stealing money. How y'all feel about that, man? I mean, you're not wrong, like, as, as someone who has wanted to see. The Steelers move on from Ben Roethlisberger at least three years ago. You know, one thing I appreciate about Coach Belichick is though I despise the Patriots, I always appreciated his, you know what, 
I'm going to get a rid, rid of a player one year early instead of one year too late when their value goes down. And I felt that sometimes when you have such a sustainable and relationship oriented atmosphere like the Steelers have, sometimes it works against you. You know, they, they kind of pride themselves on, hey, 1933, we only had a couple coaches come through our doors because we keep them around. We retain talent. We retain, you know, front office, head coaches, players, all of that. But when it's time to let go, you need to let go. You can't be so, like, dedicated to that aspect that you do it for the detriment of your organization. And I think that's what the Steelers are guilty of. With Ben Roethlisberger, he got you two Super Bowls. Uh, two, uh, two out of three Super Bowls. He did what he needed to do there, but it's time to look at your future because right now you're wasting the years of Mike Tomlin and you're wasting the years of people like J.J. Watt and Najee Harris and all the other young talent you have on that squad. Totally agree. As a Steelers fan, I totally agree. I think that um, it is time. And I think the whole point of the uh, – the, the ownership and coaching mentality of longevity is for stronger rebounds to have faster, quicker rebuilds instead of, um, you know, completely starting over and doing it the Brown style and having years of restarts. I think we've gotten to the point where this is a, a rebuild that's taking too long because we just have not let go of Ben. And I honestly would have been really upset. I would have had, um, I don't know, uh, uh, questioning the Steelers fan moment. If, if we didn't sign TJ Watt the way that he was supposed to be signed, if we let him go and just like you said, coach Pace, let Ben steal that money. That's the beginning of the downfall. Um, and I think it's time. It was time five years ago for Ben to step away. I think he's a great coach, but I don't think he's there anymore as a player. Yeah, man, he's lost. That's what I got to say. <laughs> I mean, like, you just got to see from, like, I mean, I understand the the type of, you know, history they built there with people, people around, like y'all said, but sometimes you just got to, you just got to move on. Like, you can just look within their division. Like, you have Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and this dinosaur of, of Big Ben <laughs> just sitting there that's old enough to be probably like their granddad or something. Like, you just have to... I mean, the, the production isn't there anymore. Um, and, I mean, even, like, the players around him are getting younger. It's just him, just that elder statesman. So he, he just has to probably do, like, a like a Tim Duncan move, go be, like, assistant coach or something, put in, put in one of the guys, young guys or even, uh, you know, look into Cam Newton, something like that. So who knows? But he – he's going to be the reason why they don't win their division or even make any type of like real playoff push because everybody knows that at some point in time, he's just going to flame out. So I'm not touching that guy's some... topic. <laughs> I was going to say real talent in the, the receiving core. I, I think that this is getting wasted too, because, all three of those guys, there's really no one, there's no white, white out one on their team. And I think that's a good thing. They're kind of like the Cowboys where you don't really know which weapon you need to focus on. And that's, that's uh, something that I feel like is getting wasted with these dink and dunk 
you know, five yard, 10 yard passes that are long enough for Ben to throw. You got some talented guys, especially with um, Claypool. I think in the deep game, if we could get him more utilized and, and somehow bring in a QB that maybe does those deep passes, I don't know. I think we'd be more dynamic, honestly, with our third string backup quarterback, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> yeah. oh They're all very predictable right now. It is. It's very, you know, when you catch a lot of people are like, well, they beat Buffalo. And I'm like, well, you know, the first game of the season is kind of like awkward for everyone. Everyone's trying to, you know, get things together. So I don't take too much yeah. stock necessarily in, in, a, in, a, in a one game performance like that. But it's you're starting to see it's like with the Raiders defense being as mediocre as it is, you should have been able to take advantage of their defense more than that. Absolutely. Yeah. They stale. Yeah. Stale. Whole crackers. Man. Whole cookies. <clears throat> the, the thing is, too, with the Raiders defense, the good part is their front four. Uh, well, I wouldn't say good, but better part of the defense is their front four. And their front four happens to – you know, if they can get a push and Big Ben, as we know, is a dinosaur and can't move, then that'll throw everything off for sure. Because then Big Big Ben is run, stumbling around or whatever you want to, I guess, moving or whatever you want to call it, around. And then he's trying to throw. He can't throw on the run no more, so that's dead. So, yeah. Yeah. I see Stephen A. Smith, Ben Roethlisberger, welcome to the hot seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever you need to do, you need to do to get it together. Uh, that's a crazy duo. That is. That's, that's <laughs> Wait, a good but, one. I like it. I like it. Uh, but, I mean, do you do you understand his reasoning, though, like, of why he wanted Max gone, though? I mean, I do, but I don't at the same time. Because, like, his thing is – I mean, it's no different, actually, it's literally no different than this situation, uh, the Steelers situation, because he was like, you know, he likes to keep things fresh. So, like, even, like, when they started to bring Max on, he uh, was telling him, like, hey, you know, I don't see this going, you know, past, you know, two, three years, and then they end up being number one, like, five years straight, so they just kept it going. But, um, like, I understand his thought process behind it, Um so, like, I really don't feel any type of way uh, about it, really. Like, I do like Max, but I like I do like the way he did go about it because he didn't just kind of, like, cut him dry because he explained. He was like, I, I know Max had a lot of other stuff that he was into. Like, he had stuff to go out on. Like, he didn't just, like, straight up cut him and like, hey, this is, like, your only job opportunity, but I don't want you here anymore. So, boom. So, I think he, you know, he – did like look out and then plus he got a lot of pub that he wouldn't have got with joining first take too so that helped a lot so i i don't think he it was a bad move uh or a great one i just think it was just a i mean just a preference yeah i i'm i'm happy you know max you know he's got his own show that he's doing on espn uh, this just in, so he's the host mm-hmm. of that. Uh, you know, you still got him being doing boxing and stuff like that. He still got that going for him. I, I just feel like I Jay Will and them. Yeah, yeah, it's a good show. I've watched it a couple of times. It's not bad. Uh, I mm-hmm. I agree, with Coach Pace, that 
Stephen A. Smith got to a point, I think, where it was more entertainment than substance. And mm-hmm. whenever he would get caught, like he knew he was wrong or like out debated or something like that, he would just get louder and interrupt the other person. And it's just like, well, now you just look foolish right now because mm-hmm. you know you kind of lost this debate. And, and so I'm not, and my my gauge is am I learning anything from you when you speak? Yeah. Right. That's kind of my gauge of the day. Are you, regardless if I agree with you or not, did you articulate your point in a way where I could sit back and be like, okay, I can see where he's coming from. And I really struggle with that in terms of Stephen A. Listen, him and uh, him and Michael Irvin are the worst duo on TV, period. I don't care what nobody says. It's worse than, oh my God, whoever, it's worse than Ryan Hollins and, I don't know, Dominique Fox. Anybody. I, I Anybody. can't do two hours of Michael Irvin and Stephen A screaming at each other about the Cowboys. Like that, that I watched 50, probably seven minutes of it and I was like, I can't do it. See, I'm an undisputed guy. But like the thing is, I have my beef with both. So like I prefer undisputed from the entertainment aspect. And also, I mean, like they have good topics and I like the way they go about things. But they talk a lot about the same stuff. Like when you watch an episode, you know, it's going to be Cowboys, Tom Brady, LeBron, Kawhi, repeat, where they touch on more topics on first take. Like they have, they're more diverse. So I'm just like, I kind of like, I watch like every episode of Undisputed, but I will go and watch like, you know, some uh, first take segments of things that like Undisputed didn't talk about that I was, that I was hoping to hear about. Like big things will happen, but they'll have, of like three segments about Tom Brady. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, well, last thing. Before I let you go, Mars, before you take over. James, yes, John sir. Jones is in the biggest hot seat of them all because he can't stay the hell out of trouble. You know what he got? He got arrested this morning. Yet what? again. Doing some dumb stuff. Oh. Yes, John Jones got arrested in Vegas this morning. John Jones is in my hot seat. I don't know what's wrong with Buddy. I really don't. He can't get it together. Like, bro, like, I, people would kill to be in his position. Literally. To do what he does for a living and to get that bag that he he get. He just out here making stupid. I don't even want to know what he did. I don't even want to know. I don't. They say I think it was like domestic violence. I ain't gonna lie to you. I think it was DV. That's even worse. That makes it ten times worse. Like, come on, y'all, get it together. I, sometimes I don't think we understand how privileged we are in certain circumstances for us to squander opportunities like that and to disrespect other people like that, man, that's... Now he disrespecting whoever was in domestic violence and he disrespecting himself all at the same time. All at the same time. Uh, that's a good high seat. That's a good trio. That's a good trio, Coach Pace. Thank you for for uh, giving us the, give the details on your hot seat for this week. And I'm sure you're going to have another great segment next week. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of material to go around <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Coach Murph, we out here trying to make money. So, we're going to move on to our, our new segment, uh, Bet with Coach Murph. Uh, so, go ahead and recap kind of the moves that you made. Another good week for you. Uh, and then talk to us about your strategy for this weekend. Uh, last week was – kind of tough I, I was able to scratch up and still make you know somewhat of a profit like I you know I didn't lose more than I put in so that's always a W 
um, I'm starting to really fall into the the live action betting, so like in game stuff. So like, cause I mean, you can you're pretty much I feel like when you bet on a game like a money line, so who, this person or this team will win, that is always kind of fifty fifty, no matter of how big you think the advantage is. Like the mistake I made was you know betting on the Chiefs winning, because um, I was just like. Come on, with the you know the corners decimated with the Ravens they're on their fourth string back like this is prime time Pat Mahomes throw for like 500 yards so on and so forth and Lamar and, and the Ravens just shut me right up so um but like one of the the biggest you know W's that I did take was um like I was saying how before you bet on a game, it's kind of like 50-50, but when you're watching it, you kind of get a feel for like how things are going to go. So when the Titans were struggling in their game, when I purposely waited till they were down a little bit more and then I bet on the game and I parlayed that with some other stuff because of the plus was so big. I think the plus was like 480. So there was more so like, hey, there's like little to no chance that this team is going to win. And then I, you know, parlayed that with, Pat Mahomes throwing over two touchdowns and uh, something else. And I was able to hit. And then the other one, I just did a like an eight pick uh, parlay with just strictly college games. And I hit on all of them. Shout out to Toledo for, you know, struggling in a game that they were favored. So Keith, thanks for, t- for talking to the team for me. Uh, <laughs> My say going into this week is there are a lot of good underdog teams. So for some reason, the Packers are underdogs against the 49ers. Yeah. Don't know why, but I'm betting on the Packers for that game. Uh, I will highly recommend it to um, the what you can strictly see off of, like, I don't carry too much weight of how Rogers' performance was in week one. So I was just like, hey, he just looked like he was disinterested, so on and so forth. And I don't carry too much weight against the Lions last week because, I mean, it's the Lions. We know they're not that good. So I expected him to put on a performance like that. But with the 49ers, it's their defense. They're still going to be missing a couple pieces on defense when the game comes around. But also, I mean, Everybody knows I'm a Philly fan. There's Mm -hmm. no way, there is no way. Like, I am shocked that it was a fight like that. It was, like, if Philly can hold them to seven, I think it was, like, 17, 11, some weird score like that. But if Philly can hold you to 17, like, the Packers, their defense is better. Like, I think our – no, we don't got anything really bad. <laughs> but but then, like, in offensively, I mean, it's not even close. Like, the, the Packers offense just blow the, you know, Phillies out of the water. So, there's yeah. no way I, I see them winning. Especially, also, um, Elijah, I think it's Elijah Mitchell um, for the 49ers. He's not going. Um, so, wasn't Sermon hurt that game, too? Yes. He is technically questionable, but he's the favorite to actually play um, this weekend. Yeah, so you basically got your dinged up rookie that's about to be taken, you know, 
all the running back snaps. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I am curious because I feel as though that maybe um, that why not draw a blank on his name? Trey Lance will probably get some get some plays and just to switch things up because of you know Jimmy G doesn't have that type of running capability and they're going to need some of that now that they're like down like two three of their backs um what what else am I looking into oh Carson Wentz is out doesn't really matter because if he played or he didn't the Colts were going to lose regardless I bet on the spread though it's a five point spread and of course you can adjust it but when I do my spreads, I like to keep it, like, I think at most I'll go, like, six and a half, seven. Like, I'll do it, like, touchdown base. Like, the when you go, like, two score games, it gets a little bit risky. So, uh, bet on the spread on that one. Uh, and, oh, um, I bet on the over for Teddy Bridgewater throwing over one and a half touchdowns against the Jets. And I don't really need to say much about the Jets. So, yeah. Oh, and Saints are underdogs against New England. I'm liking the Saints. I feel like there's going to be a bounce back. And plus, like, I know the Patriots defense is legit. But um, outside of Miami, I mean, you know, the Saints have a pretty, a really good defense, too. So, I mean, I'm curious to see how Mac Jones is going to operate against that one, uh, against the Saints defense. Um, But I like Winston versus the Patriots defense more so than Mac Jones versus the Saints. So we'll see. But that's it for for Bet. All right. You have it. Man. I got a question on the – on, on, on your strategy, Murph, real quick. Sorry to jump in there. Um, for your for your live, you said you jump in a little bit more in the live betting. Mm-hmm. Is there is there a, some sort of way where you you kind of define where you're getting out of this 50-50, you know, jump ball opportunity where you can win this or you can lose this, and you you find some sort of edge usually when you go on the live betting, or you feel like you know whether you do it live or pregame, it doesn't matter. It's 50-50 always. Um, I feel as though that you have more of an advantage when you bet live because you're actually seeing things go on. So, like, you can expect the teams to go in. You know, they're clearly the better team. But, like, week one, Chiefs versus the Browns, no one expected the Browns to come out the way they did. So, like, a smart thing to me, I wasn't into the live betting by then. I didn't try it. Um, but for me, deep down, I was like, I don't see the Chiefs losing this game still. So that would have been a perfect time because there were the Chiefs would have been in the negative since they were down by that much. I think – how much did they got down by, like, almost eight? I know they started off eight because they went for two. Yes. Yeah. They were for two. I don't think they got it. Which was an interesting move in itself. Because I was questioning. I did their thing. So yeah. that's kind of like, that's why I like the live betting a little bit more. 
it tells more of the story. Yeah, okay. There it is, dropping knowledge as always. So now we're going to move into the fantasy football start, sit, sleep. All right, each one of us is going to pick one player from each category that we would love to start, sit, or sleeper for this week. Coach Jay, who do you have for us this weekend? Oh, yeah. So week three, here we go. So I'd say a starter here and uh, Coach JP3, I'm going I'm to, you know, use your, your player here that you made a smart move on, and that's Tyson Williams. Uh, he's going against the Lions this week, and you shouldn't expect any difficulty with the Lions being put away pretty early. So the run game should be um, for the taking for him. He might have a little bit um, uh, opportunities taken away by Latavius Murray, but for the most part, I'm thinking uh, Williams is going to have a good start. I would sit, since we're going to stay in the same category of uh, running backs, I would sit James Robinson this week um, versus the Cards. So James has not come out of the gates like he did last year, this uh, undrafted you know, come off the streets cat that wants to prove something. And it's surprising. In fact, he's kind of fighting with uh, who's the second running back there. Used to be LSU running back. Hyde. Is it Carlos Hyde? Carlos Hyde. Thank you. Yeah. Fighting with Carlos Hyde. And of course you got, um, you know, the star uh, running or star quarterback or um, uh, Lawrence who's getting a lot of attention. And, and I don't think that, they're going to have an opportunity to run the ball going against the cards as much. Cards defense started off pretty good. I'm still not 100% convinced that this is their their real defense. I think maybe they've they've dealt with teams that have struggled in the first week, but I think um, they're they're good enough to probably put the rookie quarterback um, behind early. And so there's not going to be a lot of running opportunities. I feel for Robinson. And then I'll go with a sleeper here. <laughs> I might have a bonus sleeper, but this sleeper is Sterling Shepard. Um, he's always been the silent number number one wideout for uh, the Giants. Um, I would like Sterling as a nice flex guy to just pick up. Going against Atlanta, they shouldn't have too much trouble getting the ball down the field. And if they do get behind, again, Sterling is probably going to get a lot of opportunities. Um, Galladay obviously is, you know, the star wide receiver there, but um, you saw last game against the, the Washington football team, Galladay and, and Jones having a bit of a <laughs> disagreement there. So I think Sterling will, will silently um, be a good sleeper. And my bonus sleeper is actually Danny Dimes. I don't know if I'm the only one on this bandwagon here, <laughs> but on, I think man. that Danny is starting to, I don't know, he's starting to become the quarterback that we anticipated. Uh, Y'all can go ahead and, you know, chew me out on this, but, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon early. We'll see what happens by week five. <laughs> but he's, he's a silent sleeper. Okay. Okay. Coach Pace, I have, Coach Pace, I have your next hot seat. Coach J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny, Danny Dines, Danny Nichols, Danny Penny. Danny, right, right. Danny broke. Danny broke. He broke. Danny, Danny broke. Danny, yeah. Danny trip over the air like that, Danny. <laughs> Oh, he ain't do it this time. He ain't do it this year. Not again. Not yet, at least. Man, yeah, yeah not yet. yet. I'm waiting on it though. All right, uh, <laughs> Coach Pace, who are your start set sleeper for the week? All right, so y'all gonna look at me a little crazy, but 
This is why. All right, so start. Jared Goff. You want to know why? Wait a minute. What? Start Jared Goff. I like it. it. They're going to get what have the Ravens defense done the last two weeks? They look like they look like their defense. They they look like their defense had us four on the defense at this point in time. All right, they haven't stopped anybody. So I'm like, hey, why not give him a shot at this point? Because they don't look like they're going to be stopping anybody soon, and Lamar just going to keep having to keep running up the score. So start Jared Goff. All right. Okay. This is an easy bench. bench. I'll give y'all a gimme. Bench Zach Wilson. They're going against the Broncos. (laughs) (laughs) Because people actually will really start Zach Wilson like he's really a credible QB. But like I said, bench Zach Wilson because honestly, I mean, he's going against the Broncos defense. Broncos defense is legit. So there's not too much I need to debate with that. All right. And I got two sleepers for y'all. You feel me? All right, so the first one, AJ Green. Oh, AJ Green, Kyler. I feel like, yeah, D Hop. They're gonna shift the covers to D Hop, and this would be a perfect coming out party for our guy AJ Green this week. All right, and then um, my next sleeper. All right, yes, they're going against the Bears. But guess what? Jarvis ain't playing and Odell ain't playing. So you know who's always number three and somehow gets a touchdown or two here and there? Rashad Higgins. Mm. Oh. Right? Yeah. And since they're going to, you know, load the box up and he's going to have a whole lot of one-on-one coverage, guess what? I think Baker and Rashad Higgins could have a good week this week. So, yeah. I'm looking for Rashad Higgins as we speak. That's a good one. <laughs> Is he right, right. To pick up now. Yeah, man, you got some sleepers that are on some teams with a bunch of mouths to feed. I, you talked about AJ. Don't we still have the rookie Rondell yeah, Moore? Rondell Moore. Don't we still yeah. have Christian Kirk. That's, that's, listen, that's fine, but hey, uh, every dog is due his day. Okay, Rondell okay. Moore All right. Last week, AJ Green. Everybody forget about AJ Green. You see, see, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. You you the fell right into my trap. You fell yeah, right yeah. into. Yeah, well, DeAndre Hopkins and then Rondell Moore, and everybody forgets about the guy that's on the backside, who's that's still number one receiver when he needs to be, and he's getting a he might get the third string corner. They don't want those problems back there. They don't want those problems. <laughs> there you go. That's a good point. That's a good point, Coach. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. That's a good one, Coach Murphy. You got for us. Okay, my starter is it's a defense. And it's funny that you brought up, Coach Hayes brought up Zach Wilson because I say start the Broncos defense because of the Zach Wilson has immensely recovered yet. Like he started off against the Panthers and he has to go against the Patriots. Now you have to go against the Broncos. So I think he's he's due for about a a, a horrible game. Uh, A sleeper, unless he's been under a rock somewhere. I feel like KJ Olsen is uh, he's a good guy to look into picking up. He's starting to look like a a nice little receiver for like 
outlet number two receiver for uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's starting to look for him a lot. He's getting, like, I think last game he got about, like, eight or nine targets. Um, and then, you know, with Thielen always going off and being a threat, uh, you have, uh, I mean, it, it's just a field day for him. So, uh, and then Finch. I had to go with, I was between a bunch of people. And I'm, I'm thinking, am I, am I, do I sound a little bit better? A little bit, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, and I lost my train of thought. Uh, Taylor Heineke. I know he was uh, looking like, you know, a guy making some, some moves and it looked all refreshing because you got Fitzpatrick out of there. But um, I feel like the, the Bills are the type of offense they're going to run is going to force him to do a lot of things that he really doesn't want to do. And I just see it's, it's going to be a bunch of mistakes made that game. So those are my people. Not bad. I'm going to go ahead and call Coach Jay a cheater right now because he already called two out of my three. <laughs> he stole my <laughs> I, I had Tyson Williams against the Lions because the Lions are trash and they should have a field day. It's at Detroit. Uh, so, you know, when you talk about a fast field, a fast turf, that really uh, bodes well for the running game. They're going to bleed a lot of clock in that game because they're going to be up early, I imagine. And if Jared Goff is throwing the ball um, around a lot, I think he's going to he do it because he's playing from behind. Um, James Robinson. Yeah, I had James Robinson, too, because I'm mad because I have him in a couple of leagues and he's not producing at all for me, really. Uh, and for some reason, Urban Meyer looks like he doesn't know why they're not winning after games like he's shocked they're not winning. Uh, which I don't know, maybe he he's too, you know, maybe he did this a little too quickly, jumping back into, you know, but it's the first two games. I know it's a huge rebuild. That entire organization is pretty much starting from scratch, it feels like. Uh, but in the meantime, fantasy owners are paying for that transition that's happening right now. Against Arizona, I agree. It's going to – Kyler Murray seems like he can't pass for anything less than five touchdowns or – throw four and run for a one, you know, have five total touchdowns. So there's going to be a lot of throwing. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to throw the ball a couple of times to the other team. And James Robinson is not going to get a lot of, a lot of reps. Uh, my sleeper is Teddy Bridgewater. I'm very happy for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, it, you know, he's been kind of bouncing around. Oh, he's a starter. Nah, he's just nothing but a backup. Okay. He'll just fill in for us until we get someone else. Well, Teddy is the man in Denver. And he has quietly put together a solid two games, averaging about 23 point fantasy points per game against his opponents. Uh, and like you all said before, they play in the Jets. Like that's that should be easy money for Teddy. He should be right on par with that 23, if not higher. And I say he's a sleeper because I bet that he is available in most leagues or at least not the starting quarterback on in most leagues. And so if you're wondering like, hey, yo, do I – do I take a risk with Ben Roethlisberger this week against the Bengals? <laughs> I, 
you know, do do I look at maybe uh, Carson Wentz, ver, you know, or uh, Ryan Tannehill versus the Colts defense? I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. If you're questioning your quarterback, your starting quarterback, go ahead and slide Teddy in there. You'll be all good for this weekend. So that's my start, sit, sleep. Uh, so wow. next, speaking of starting, we have an Ohio State native about to start his first NFL game. You've seen him in action a little bit already. Uh, Justin Fields filling in uh, for Andy Dalton. A lot of people ahead of the season said he should have been the starter anyways, that Andy Dalton, you know, should play more of a sideline mentor role and let Fields take the reins. But alas, he is still going to get his opportunity to start, and they're playing Cleveland this weekend. And so I'm going to start with Coach Pace. Uh, how do you think Justin – oh, I start, actually, I'm going to start with Coach Murph. How do you think Justin Fields is going to do in his first NFL start? Uh, it's a tough matchup since he has to go, <laughs> go against the Browns defense. But honestly, I feel like this is going to – with this start, they're not – going to go back to Andy Dalton I feel like he's I feel like he was overlooked like there's no way he should have dropped that far in the draft so even back in college like everybody was on the Trevor Lawrence uh hype train and saying oh he's the model quarterback with size so on and so forth but in my mind the two times they faced off head to head Justin Fields outplayed them they're one and one against each other but I feel like Justin Fields got the best of them both games, but people just overlooked that. Um, and, I, and, I mean, we see how, you know, Trevor Lawrence is looking right now. But I'm going to grade them based off of, you know, their situation. So I know it's hard. You, it's a rookie quarterback paired with a rookie head coach in the league with, a, I mean, a team that had the number one pick for a reason. And, of course – you know, Justin Fields have is in a more ideal situation in terms of the team around him. I'm still not a fan of Nagy, but um, he's in a more ideal situation, but way better defense. Uh, but I think he's going to show some flashes of why he shouldn't have dropped as far as he was, because the fact that he, him and Trevor Lawrence was one and two since like high school. And then next thing you know, you know, during the off season, just like after games played, he just started dropping and dropping and everybody's like, oh, Trey Lance, oh, Mac Jones, oh, and I'm just like, are y'all just going to ignore what Justin Fields was doing? So um, I think he's going to have a really solid game, uh, you know, barring facing the Browns, but uh, I think he's going to, he's going to, He's going to show y'all something for sure. I'm excited. So, so Coach Pace, what do you think about Justin Fields starting this weekend? Um, it's long overdue. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, you know, his time was in Dallas. and um, It was short-lived. So Andy should have been the backup and should have accepted his role as the backup. And um, I'm going to just throw this out here. I think I think Justin is going to have an average game. I'm not going to lie to you just because it's the Browns. I think they're going to try and rely heavily on the run um, with David Montgomery um, Mm. just so they can keep him out of harm's way, Um, start out by getting him some easy passes, stuff like that, stereotypical stuff that they do with a um, quarterback at first. Um, 
So I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have probably one or two touchdowns. Um, I think he's gonna throw one. I think he's gonna rush one. I also think he's gonna have a turnover or two, um, just because Miles Garrett is gonna be doing Miles Garrett things and terrorizing people, of course. But um, I also think since he's throwing to Allen Robinson, you know, I think that's going to help him out greatly as well. Yeah, because um, he's very underrated, and I think. He, he's actually going to get Allen Robinson the ball because, honestly, they haven't been getting that man the ball, which is a doggone shame that they got him out there and they're not using him like they should. So I think I think Justin's going to be fine. But, yeah, they ain't looking back like Coach Murph said. This is – Andy's time is up once again. <laughs> it was up in Cincinnati, man. It was up in Cincinnati, yeah. <laughs> Coach Day, what you got for us? Yeah, I think um, I can agree with what you guys are saying. Um, Fields, I'm just looking at his stats. I know he hasn't played nearly as many snaps as Dalton, but they're pretty much throwing the same as far as average yards per pass, about five yards per pass. Um, they're not, you know, slinging it and getting touchdowns. There's literally only one touchdown that, that both of them have thrown, and it was actually Andy Dalton that threw the touchdown. Um, the stats to me show that you got two rookie quarterbacks, <laughs> to be honest. I'm sorry I, for all you Andy Dalton fans out there, but there's a Dalton line that I think of. When I think of quarterbacks, either you're above the Dalton line or you're below the Dalton line. Justin is, is probably going to be above him. He hasn't had that many opportunities. I think that he's still going to struggle a little bit, just like you guys have said. The old line is not amazing. Um, I was just reading that the Bears are shopping around trying to find some O-line. They were even proposing a trade to uh, one of the, the Chiefs O-line, uh, uh, Duvernay Tardif, who was the, you know, the doctor and stepped away during COVID and came back and his team won the Super Bowl. But um, they're looking to patch that up, and they need to, because that's going to keep Justin – it's going to keep a ceiling on him. Um, he's going to be running for his life unless they really do start to run the ball heavily and hope for play action, you know, type of play. But I don't see much coming out of it for the receivers. If I were a fantasy owner that had a Mooney or a Robinson, Cole Komet, I wouldn't want to own these wide outs because they haven't had the opportunity just because of the O-line. So they against a D-line that's amazing like the Browns, I don't think he's going to win the game, but it'll be a good learning lesson for him. That's what I would say. Okay. I don't have too much to add to what y'all said, but I do have a question for y'all. Your boy needs some advice. Okay. So in, in this weekend, this weekend for my fantasy football league, I have Jameis Winston and Justin Fields as the two quarterbacks on my roster. Okay. Available, also available that I could pick up will be Jimmy Garoppolo versus Green Bay, Carson Wentz at Tennessee, Taylor Heineke at Buffalo. Carson is a plan. Carson, okay. So we won't scratch him off. I see he's listed as questionable or doubtful. So, okay. So Jimmy G or Taylor Heineke are still available in the league. Should I pick one of them up or start Winston or Fields? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a tough situation. Honestly, I would say I would say start Winston um, because 
uh, well, the thing with Justin Fields is uh, we know that they'll probably be a lot more run heavy than anything, and you're facing a team like the Browns that are run heavy. So I can I don't see him getting too many possessions. I feel like it's, the clock is just going to get ate up a lot. Whereas uh, I feel like you know Winston gives you. I mean, he's, you know, he's just a high hit or miss, as you can see, but I feel like he's worth the risk uh, versus New England. Um, I really don't see Taylor Heineke doing anything worth dropping those two, though, because, like I said, I don't think Justin Fields will, um, well, I don't think Andy Dalton will start. I think Justin Fields will play well enough where they just say, okay, we can give this guy a shot. So you wouldn't want to drop one of them to pick up like a Taylor Heineke or Jimmy G because honestly I mean I see Jimmy G eventually sitting out for Trey Lance at some point in the season so I would say stick with the two quarterbacks he got and and start winning stuff Keith what do you think yeah man I'm gonna have to I'm, I'm gonna have to agree I think um I think you are you got these three options that are all going to be facing top defenses. So there's that challenge. But what stands out with Winston is he's got years more experience than Heineke or Field. Um, yeah, he's going to be facing a tough team, but I think his experience will help help him. Uh, I would hope that week one would show up, the week one Winston and not week two Winston, which we've seen before. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he does well. But I'll add this to AP3. You drafted that guy first. You better trust in that dude. <laughs> That's he, your he, man. He hurt my feelings last week. I still won the game only because my opponent had Dak Prescott, who really didn't do anything either. So yeah. it wasn't that big of a deal. But this week, I'm going against another undefeated uh, manager in the league. And ah. it's going be, to be hard because they got Matthew Stafford uh, against Tampa Bay. Oh, but I need somebody to, that can put up some points. So that made me a little nervous. But I, I'll go with Winston. I'll go with Winston. Yeah, just keep him. Maybe maybe you, you depend on your receiving core, running back core, and our weird two tight end situation. Then. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll do that. All right. Well, I hope you're right. If not, I know where all of you live, and I will find you. So <laughs> with that being said. I, uh, I, got some, I have some time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you do have some time. Let's go. I'm going to you. You have to fly a whole like four hours <laughs> to get to me. So I'm cool. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, our next topic is speaking of rough starts, we got several 0 and 2 teams out there. We got the Colts, we got the Jags, we got the Jets, Giants, Vikings, Falcons, and of course the Detroit Lions. The question is, do we see any of these teams turning it around this season? And I'm not just talking about getting a win. Yeah, I think they're all getting one maybe. But do we actually see them turning it around and actually playing really competitive football throughout the season? Out of all those teams, I'm looking at the Jags. No, because of what we said before, Urban Meyer seems surprised that they're losing. I don't know if they have the actual personnel to create the formula of success for themselves this year. 
So I think that's a long-term project that's not going to see major dividends this year. Uh, the Jets, hell no, uh, because they're the Jets. <laughs> so uh, Giants, no, because their offensive line is very mediocre. I mean, they te- they have skill-wise one of the best backs in the league, and he can't even run anywhere because the line's run blocking is, is very, very mediocre. Uh so with them being more so one-dimensional, I don't see them getting off, and especially in the NFC, quote-unquote NFC least. It's very still very competitive, so it's going to be hard for the Giants to keep up just in their own division, let alone the league. Vikings, traditionally I would say Vikings, yeah, but I really don't like their schedule. I don't like mm. who they're going to be playing, playing next. Uh, I will say that the Falcons, I don't like how their who their schedule is either. So I'm going to say no. I see them losing most of those games. I see the Vikings losing most of their games. The Lions are the Detroit Lions, so they're going to lose the majority of their games. They're a broken franchise. But the Colts, out of all those seven teams, I see the Colts actually – um, having the best odds of really turning this around. And I say that because they do have a favorable schedule. Um, I mean, they have some rough games, you know, so I think the Dolphins uh, is a winnable game. They'll probably split with Tennessee this year. Then you got the Ravens, they'll lose that game. But they also have the Texans in their division. So that's two dubs right there. So that's good. 49ers is a winnable game because – 49ers really haven't got off, you know, um, to a great start at all. They're playing the Jets. That's a dub. Uh, and they also have the Jaguars in their com- in their conference. That's that's a dub. That's two dubs right there for the season. They'll lose to Buffalo. They'll lose to Tampa Bay. Patriots will be a tough game. They'll lose to the Cardinals. Raiders will be a tough game. So I see them at least breaking even this season. Uh, with that, which I think is going to be the better record out of all the teams that we mentioned. So that's my hypothesis moving forward. Uh, Coach Jay, what do you have going on so far? So the, you, you feel like which team, the Colts, will be that, yes, that team? Colts. Yes. Okay. I mean, I could see that. I could see that. I, I would hope that the Colts of last year, where they had such a great supporting cast and just not exactly the quarterback that they needed, I'm hoping that that is what comes through with them. But I'll, I'll give my hypothesis. So get the easy ones out the way. Jets, no thank you. Jags, no thank you. On the, on the outskirts, on the bubble, I would actually say the Colts. Um, I just have them on the bubble right now. I don't, I don't trust all the way yet how they're going to do. Um, no real reason behind that. But then right ahead of them, believe it or not, ahead of them, would be the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I, I, I don't know what to expect, but I feel a little hopeful for them. I feel like they've been, this is all gut feeling. <laughs> they've been on, on, the, on the downturn. They have been on the Super Bowl loss hangover for long enough where it's time for them to, to make a turnaround. And yeah, they're kind of, you know, still figuring themselves out on offense. They, they don't really know who their running back is. Is it Mike Davis? Is it, is it, Cordell Patterson, you know, you're supposed to have a, a, a wide out number one. 
but really is is quiet this year. You don't really know. Pitt, he's you know he's Pitts is Pitts, and hopefully he develops. But I feel like this is going to turn into something. But again, this is all off a of gut feeling. So that leaves the Giants. I got them high up. I'm on this wagon right now. I'm on this wagon, and, and hopefully I don't fall off. But Danny Dimes has shown more in these last two weeks <laughs> than the oh. last year. And I know you guys are having headaches over me saying it, but I got a feeling. <laughs> Not only are you podcast. But you're going to hurt yourself when you fall I'm off. I'm going to fall off. <laughs> it's going to this is a wagon. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to win the the comp the division. Okay, I oh, still yeah, think that the Cowboys are going to win the division. Sorry, Coach Murph. But I, I feel I, like Don is taking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think the Giants just might make some noise. And then I'll I'll leave the last, uh, which is the Vikings. I think the Vikings will probably get themselves out of this rut a lot easier. Um. Yes, I agree with you, Coach Price Sox, that uh, they have traditionally been solid, but lately they've been uh, kind of disappointing getting in their own way. The last two games that they've had, they've lost, you know, against the Bengals, you probably shouldn't have lost a close tight one, but they kept up with the Cardinals at the end. They came back, made it a close game, and lost by one point. And I said this on the first episode, this is the breakout year for Kirk Cousins. Again, uh, y'all can hate me. I'm sorry if I lost some subscribers here on this podcast, but People break out here, man. This off and... <laughs> oh, my god! He's been, break- he been having a breakout year for, like, how long now? You talking like he's a rookie or a second year. This man no, been... No, I think this is the next jump for him. He's going to make a bit of a bump. And it but, may well, not be sustained, but I think well, this is a bump for him. Huh? What was the first bump? Getting out of Washington. <laughs> Listen, the, the only great thing that, that Kirk Cousins has, yeah, the the only bumps that he was getting was paychecks because he was playing well enough mm. to <laughs> to get these, you know, franchise tags and stuff. But outside of that, no, we he's a. I think he hit his ceiling, and it's not wow. that he's getting better. I think it's just his supporting cast around him is getting better. I don't think it's a him okay. thing, but I can see that. I can see that. But Vikings are my favorite to turn it around out of How all these do that teams. Think, okay, all right, all right. Well, because <laughs> the 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 talent around him is getting better. Like like Kirk Cousins is good enough, but he's not this bump you're talking about. Like no, I view him as the same Q as he was when he first got to the, the Vikings. So. But I appreciate that. I appreciate your, your sympathy for my idea. Thank you. Hey, man. Shot it's that okay. down. Oh, my God. Coach Payne, man, Danny Dimes. Coach Payne's out here looking stressed, bro. What, what, what's on your mind? The only really two teams I care about right now, because I don't believe in Ken Folk Kirk. He's washed. I'm done with him. Um. The only and Dalvin Cook's gonna get hurt again eventually. So it, ain't he hurt now? Yeah, it don't really matter. They don't really too much matter to me anymore. So um I do have Daniel Hunter in fantasy and he got me three sacks last week. So I do appreciate that, Daniel. Shout out him. Um but the only two teams I really care about are the Colts and the Giants. The Giants only simply because they play in the NFC least, so it's wide open. 
Um, so they can easily turn this around. All you got to do is win one or two games in your division, and there you go. You in that thing. <laughs> it's not like he's playing some formidable teams. Philly. <laughs> they're going to lose to Philly. Respectfully, respectfully, Philly, okay? Yeah, the Cowboys, they can't though. stop anybody. They can't stop anybody. And they Washington, won't be able to keep that point They, I mean, they got – Taylor Habernackle or whatever his name is. Um, Washington already Michael, beat him. Listen, man. That's why they play twice. And they're going to lose again. They're gonna lose that's again. why they play twice. It was a close game. It was a close game. Uh, that yeah, could, that's all that matters. Listen, it, it's the it, NFC League. Slayton dropped that pass. Like, Slayton dropped a wide-open touchdown pass. Yeah, yeah, he did. No, actually, uh, Danny Dimes yeah. can't throw, but that's neither here nor there. What? That, that was in the bread basket, man. Yeah, that was in the bread basket? I don't remember. Yeah, no, I, remember, it's illegit, I, don't remember. I just know somebody – I just know it should have been a score because wasn't nobody around him. That's all I remember. And really Danny had a, a nice run that got called back for a penalty. That was questionable. and That, that penalty was it questionable. It was very questionable. Yeah, yeah, they was playing in Washington. That's why they didn't get – it was a flag, but – like I said, man, Danny Dimes, you know, Sterling Shepard doing his thing. They got the receiving core. They got the defense. Saquon's going to turn into Ezekiel Elliott and be pass blocking all the time eventually So, because um, they can't run the football. so Or he's going to be getting a whole lot of screens or dump-offs or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, it's the NFC least, and then I have faith. Actually, I don't really have faith in this guy, but I'm going to just say I have faith because the team around him is really good. The Colts. Um, See? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't have faith in, faith in Carson Wentz. But I feel like that defense can turn it around and the supporting cast around him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and uh, Hines and whoever else they got in the backfield, if they would use them more and, you know, run some play action. Carson Wentz talking about both my ankles sprain. Like, I've never had – you know what? I'm going to just leave that subject alone. Not even gonna mention it. All right, but I don't believe in Carson Wentz anymore. I think he can still get the job done. He's like Kirk Cousins to me at this point in time, except he might throw a few more interceptions here and there. Um, but I still think you know they could somehow sneak in there. I don't know how because the Titans are taking that division. Um, but it's possible. Anything's possible, as KG said. Anything's possible at this point. But they all suck. I'm gonna be honest with you. The, 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 I don't understand what's going on here. Like, okay, this is coming from a guy that's, you know, been in the NFC East his whole football career of watching football, you know? This football the watching Giants, career. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my football watching career, you know? I love it. My NFL football watching. <laughs> but the Giants aren't doing anything they lost to Washington already yes Dallas can't stop anybody but Danny Dimes ain't putting up the amount of points that Dak Prescott is going to put on them and Philly honestly that's a 50-50 that'll probably it'll probably be a win-loss so like that but right now I'm only seeing like one win in the division for them and then with the Colts, let me tell y'all a little bit something about Carson Wentz. He ain't going to do nothing for y'all, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and he won't do nothing for us either because we need him to play 75% of his game. So 
the pick we the second round pick we got for them was switched to a first rounder, but that's not going to happen. I don't see him playing 75% of the games, which means that y'all are going to be stuck with backup quarterbacks, which means load the box up and stop Jonathan Taylor and you'll win the game. So that's why I feel like Vikings are my favorite to turn it around because I feel like they're, I don't know, I feel like they're the more trustworthy team just based off history. Like, I feel as though that they're like a gritty team, even, you know, when they were down in games or down in, you know, with like poor starts or like poor stretches. And honestly, I am, I feel like they're going to turn it around this week. I'm kind of favoring them beating Seattle. Uh, I got a question. Mm-hmm. Is a- coming back from 2012? Next question. All right. <laughs> so that's all I got to say, because that's the only way really I see him turning it around. You know now, listen, they got Justin Jefferson. They got Adam Thielen. They got Delvin Cook at the moment. So The problem is number eight. And Delvin Cook's going to get hurt again. That's all he does. I don't know why everybody that get their bunny all of a sudden just decide to get hurt. It's like a thing. I don't know what it is. Man. It's a curse. Christian McCaffrey, poor Christian McCaffrey. You said Kyrie. I said what? <laughs> Christian McCaffrey's acting like Kyrie Irving. Can't can't play a season to save his life. God. It, so before we move into our fast five, I thought I would never ever utter this sentence. And so we're talking about the Colts. I would much rather see Philip Rivers right now. Oh, that's nasty. That's nasty. Uh, that that's not correct. Because honestly, when they took Carson Wentz, I just viewed that as a linear move. I didn't see the like the only thing you traded was Carson Wentz. Like he has a higher ceiling, but Rivers, he's yes, he has a higher ceiling just based off of athleticism, and I mean he he has a bigger arm than Rivers, but like you know what you were going to get out of Rivers at every point in the game. So, and he, he was a, a solid quarterback. Like, yeah. these games that they're losing, I feel like if you put Philip Rivers in, they win those games. They win those and games. Like, trust me, I've dealt with Carson Wentz. I have seen his highs, and I've seen his low. Like, I mean, he had an MVP-type season. I feel like he still should have won it, even though he got injured. But, you know, they love Brady, so they just gave it to him. But the the Colts, like, I didn't even see any Colts fans that really got hype over Carson Wentz coming. Like, it wasn't a big deal. It's just like, oh, we got Carson Wentz when it, for a steal, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, like, nobody particularly cared. Like, he, it wasn't a, he's not a game changer anymore, not to yeah. me. So. I just look at Philip. <laughs> Uh, Foles. Foles. <laughs> Foles. That's the answer to this question is Nick Foles. Foles, man. <laughs> like, Phillip Rivers, like, uh, he has, I think, the, the higher quarterback IQ out of the two. Mm-hmm. And with Carson Wentz having two broke ankles, well, Phillip Rivers always ran like he had two broke ankles. So, like, I don't see really, really any difference in that. Like, Phillip couldn't move either, and now Carson can't, so that takes away his threat of 
getting your five yards when a play breaks down, you might as well have Phillip Rivers in there. Like, I, <laughs> I thought I'd never, ever utter that sentence out of my mouth. But it's that's just oh where we are. Gosh. I'm surprised okay. you said it. I know. Me of all people. And I, I don't have any hatred against Phillip Rivers. I was just – I. I just thought I, I foresaw the Colts really ramping things up this year. Carson Wentz getting a fresh start and being able to take that offense that Phillip Rivers took to the playoffs to the next level, you know? So, man, unfortunately, it doesn't look like that. I didn't see it happen. I saw him, like, in my mind, I thought he would have a better season than last year, which you don't have to do much to beat that because he was horrible. But – like he's not even doing that right now. He's just like I, I don't even know. Like, because it, it was an ideal situation. You're on a better team, better defense, better offense. You're back with your old coach that gave you your MVP season. But Carson Wentz isn't that guy anymore. Man, that's so sad. All right, we're gonna wrap up the show. We like to call the Fast Five. We have five games: three NFL, two college football games we're going to pick the winner and the score and we're going to start with a game that i'm really looking forward to seeing this weekend bucks at rams i have this one 33 27 bucks closer than what some people may think matthew stafford has definitely been a difference maker there uh for the rams coach murph who do you have in this one i am going to go 35 28 rams um the Bucks have been getting got through the past game a lot. I trust the Rams defense, their secondary, their I trust their secondary a lot more than uh you know the Bucks secondary and but you know the front the front that's that's a toss up. Uh but like as a whole, the Rams have a better defense. We've seen Brady struggle against them before. Yes, he didn't have this type of talent with them the last time he came across them, but also he didn't have this type of talent of quarterback the last time he faced them. So um, I feel like this is going to be the the coming out party of Matthew Stafford. All right. Fair enough. Coach Pace, who you got in this one? This is an easy one for me, you feel me? Um, so I'm going to take my boys. <laughs> Take my boys. Now, the only thing that we're really debating here is the score. So, I'm saying 33-30. My boy's about to get this W. Um, yeah, man. We about to, hey, send him back home. That's what we about to send him back home with L. That's all that really mattered to me. I don't care what the score is. And just in case y'all don't know Coach Pace, when he says his boys, he means the Rams. Diehard Rams. Yeah, yeah me, AD, uh, Jalen. We, we going to be at departments after the game. <laughs> All right, Coach Jay, Bucks or Rams? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Pace as well. I'm thinking it's the Rams. Um, this is the better team, I think, when it comes to these two lost or winless team or undefeated teams so far. Um, I'm going to add a little cherry on top and say, I think this game is going to go in overtime. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Score-wise, I'd say somewhere around what you guys are saying, maybe 34 27, 28, somewhere around there. I'm the only one that picked Tampa Bay. I'm the only one that picked Brady. You did. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious, though. So, you know, Antonio Brown isn't going to be playing in the game either. Um, I feel as though that Tom Brady's rapport with 
Mike Evans isn't to the caliber of like Godwin and the others, but and of course Gronk because he's been has been with him for years. Who do you put Ramsey with? Because typically he takes the number one and he just travels with them. But like, who who would y'all consider him taking? Evans. Like he has to take Evans. Evans still. Yeah, Evans, big body receiver. He shuts all big body receivers down. That's easy. He's taking Evans out the game. He's shutting that whole side of the field, too. And if they were smart, they would take Gronk and move him away from Evans because, hypothetically, if you keep him on the same side, Jalen would – I'm not going to say he is one of those corners. He's not like Revis, but he's one of those people that could shut a side down. Mm-hmm. And since you don't have Antonio Brown – it's like, all right, let's put Gronk and Godwin on the other side and let them deal with that. But that's just me. I don't know. Shoot, I ain't. That's like, I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, Packers at 49ers. Another pretty exciting game. I have Packers winning that one 24-20. Uh, to 20. Uh, So maybe not as high scoring as people thought, but I think it will be close. I think the 49ers are going to get closer to where they need to be, but not enough to deal with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense. Coach Jay, who do you have in this one? You know what? I think this is going to be um, a challenge against the Niners. I don't think they're going to win this either. I feel like the Packers are going to step it up. They had a little bit of a slow coming out of the uh, woodwork type of party, Um, but I think they're going to pick it up and win this one probably about 28-17 or so. Everything. All right, Coach Pace. Um, 34-23, go Pack, go. Go Pack, go. <laughs> no said. Coach Murk? Yeah, I'm going 31-17, Packers. I think uh, this is going to be uh, – I mean, you know, the writing's on the wall for Rodgers and, and Green Bay. So I think he's just about to start picking up steam and building off of the Detroit Lions so people can really, like, take looks at him and be like, all right, yeah, we, we need this guy, and possibly have, like, another Brady situation. And our last NFL game, you know we had to do it, Eagles at Cowboys. Monday night. You know what? 23-13. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Coach Pace, who you have in this one? I got 2017 uh, Cowboys. Coach Murphy. Come back to me, man. I'm still thinking about it. I don't know. You just <laughs> you just can't say Dallas is going to win this game. Just 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 face it. It's okay. It's okay. Everyone goes through this. You know, the the first step is just admitting. You know, you're in denial right well, now. No, no, I already said that, you know, Philly isn't going to win the division. I said that before the season even started. I felt like they were going to be like the third or fourth uh, in the division. But, um, yeah, I might have to – I think I'm going to go 28 – I'm going to go 28-20 Cowboys. I know that hurt. I know. I know it really did. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm not a biased guy, but, like, I'm, I am seeing a little things that I I am liking from Philly in that offense. But um, we we lost a couple of, <laughs> of key guys this, this week, so on both offense and defense, so uh, on the line. So I'm kind of 
skeptical of how they're going to do things. But as long as we chew up the, I think us chewing up the clock would keep things close. But I don't think it would be enough for us to, to take the win, but we'll see. Fair enough. Coach Jay? Man, logically it makes sense for the Cowboys to win this one. There's always an upset game, though, and I think this is it. This is it. This is it. Oh, no. Coach, <laughs> Coach Murph, I'm going with your team, man. I'm going to say Philly is going to upset this game. Like I said, logically it makes sense with what's going on in Dallas. They got a nice squad. Receiving core is awesome. Mm -hmm. But somehow the football gods put their hands into the game and pull out something that we would not expect to happen. So I'm going to say the Eagles win this one. I'm going to say it's going to be similar to what we saw with uh, the Giants and the Washington football team. I'm going to say it's going to be about a two or three point difference, maybe 24, 21, 22, somewhere around there. See, it was hard for me to pick this game because the reason why I favor the Cowboys, <laughs> the reason why I favor the Cowboys in this matchup is because, I mean, Philly faced, you know, the Falcons, who is known as a passing team, but now without Julio, you know, Ridley learning how to be the number one, and then basically your number two is Kyle Pitts. So you went against a yeah. decimate, like a team trying to figure it out, and then you follow that up by facing the 49ers as a run-heavy team. So, like, these first two games, you just pretty much know more about our front seven than our secondary. And the secondary was a problem last year. So now you're going to put them against Amari, C.D. Lamb, and – the rest of those guys, I, I just don't. Yeah, so like I, I feel like Darius Slay is gonna have a long day. We all remember that memorable streak he went on last week when like every receiver got a, a hundred plus on him. So we'll we'll see. I do like that they don't have Gallup that you know cushions the blow a little bit, but I I just don't trust that secondary. I they haven't been tested this year yet, so we'll we'll have to see. All that means is Cedric Wilson is going to get 75 yards receiving. <laughs> right? <laughs> Cedric Wilson yeah, is seven. I, I, I might have to bet on that. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Bet. There we go. Big bet. All right. Moving into college football here. We have two, um, two ranked teams facing each other. So the first one is Notre Dame, number 12 Notre Dame, um, playing Wisconsin, number 18 Wisconsin. I have Notre Dame winning this one 30. Uh, to 20. I think uh, Wisconsin's uh, defense is going to keep a little bit more close than people may anticipate. Uh, but I don't really think that they have um, the ability to consistently hold it for four quarters. And eventually Notre Dame is going to pull away in the fourth quarter, 30 to 20. Uh, so Coach Murph, who do you have in this one? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I, right. Yeah, Wisconsin. I'm going to take them uh, I'm gonna say, say like 33 to like 28, something close. Like Notre Dame really hasn't played anybody for real this year, um, so that's just kind of what I'm holding my my cap on. And then I really like the Wisconsin defense. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't see Notre Dame pulling this out, this one out. Okay, Coach Pace. 35-25 Irish. Okay, Coach Jay. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the Irish as well, 24-19. I think uh, your your Wisconsin Badgers aren't going to – I don't think they're going to win this one. I'd say maybe 24-19 or so. Okay. Okay. And for our last game, number seven, Texas A&M against number 16, Arkansas. Coach Jay once said, because it was like five minutes ago, that like there's always a upset special ready to happen. You're absolutely right. You just picked the wrong game. <laughs> Arkansas wins this one. They pull off the upset in a nail biter, 31-27, Arkansas. All right. Coach Pace, who do you have in this one? Um, I got uh, Texas A&M. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go. For some reason, I'm going to go 35-30. Texas a and All right, Coach Jay. I like your pick, man. I like that. I like that upset matchup, but I'm not going to agree on this one. I'm, I'm thinking Arkansas is going to win it, bro. I got family back in Little Rock. They would probably be mad if they heard me say otherwise. I'd say that uh, Arkansas wins this one 24-16. They were ranked pretty high, actually, in the preseason. So let's see if they can uh, match up with that ranking. Yeah, yeah. Coach Murph. I'm taking Arkansas. Uh, I'm going to take Arkansas <laughs> uh, 28, I uh, will say 28, 25. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just got that feeling. I, I think Texas A&M is going to slowly figure out that they're frauds. <laughs> and I think it's going to start off here. I can, because I can really see that team losing. Um about two, maybe three games this year. So I'm, I'm going to go with Arkansas. I think they'll be the first one to, to blemish that record. Yeah, I just see it as without having your starter, starting quarterback really healthy, it's going to catch up with you eventually, and I think it's going to catch up with them this weekend. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Thank you all for stepping inside the coach's box and tuning in to another episode. Had a lot of fun here tonight. So on behalf of Coach Pace, Coach Jay, and Coach Murph, I'm your host, Coach JP3. Can't wait to talk to you all again next week. Stay blessed and stay safe, everyone. Peace.